I want to talk to you about something God the Holy Spirit laid on my heart this week. I want to talk to you about an uninvited eulogy. An uninvited eulogy. Someone standing up to be seen and speaking up to be heard in the middle of one of the most high church funerals of one of, if not the greatest preacher of his generation, an uninvited eulogy. I believe today that I am on a very, very specific assignment. I've never shared what I'm going to share and I don't know that I ever will again. So if you are here or you are there in one of our great branch campuses, if you are there listening on a podcast, if you are there this moment on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, at rodparsley.com, wherever you are under the sound of my voice, I pray now that the Holy Spirit of God will apprehend you. that he will divinely press pause long enough for you to give your unreserved attention. I'm not here as a motivational speaker. I'm not here to be a life coach. I'm here as an infected with a Holy Ghost virus carrier of the prophetic word of God for you and you and you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I know you are so saved. You think the preacher is always talking about somebody but you. You've been excluded from the prophetic ministry of a Holy Ghost pulpit for years by your own demise, design and to your own demise. Preacher, I'm preaching to you. Deacon, I'm preaching to you. Usher, stop being so busy and cumbered about with what makes no difference in order to distract yourself from eternal things. We have so reduced honor that we void ourselves from God's holy word and directive to our lives. For the next few moments, Wherever you are, if you're in your car, pull into a roadside rest. If you're in the room, get away from distractions. Some of you are being distracted right now. This is how we are. We're above it all. Because we have a title. We get a paycheck. Well, they put us on social media. I plead with you for the next few moments for no one to move around unless it is of the absolute utmost 
necessity. We are going to sacrificially out of our busy lives give 40 minutes to God out of seven days and seven nights. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father God, you know that I am about and with the agreement of those assembled to confront demons and devils, principalities and powers, to deal in the merchandise of the eternal souls of men and women. Today, may we stare full well into a world beyond this world, into the vastness of eternity, into the limitlessness of an existence unhindered by the boundaries of time. No watches, no clocks, no alarms, no bell between the classes, no sunrise, no sunset. I'm sure many of you have heard the song from Fiddler on the Roof, Sunrise, Sunset. May I have your attention now? The lyrics are quite telling. Where is the little girl I carried? Mine's 30 years old. 32 years old, whatever, sitting on the front row. Someone sent me a picture a couple of days ago of her sitting right where she is today next to her mother from, I believe, 1995, maybe 96, at Dominion Camp Meeting. And she sent me a little note with it, Ashton Blair did. She said, I want to thank you today for the tens of thousands of dollars you spent on my orthodontia because her teeth were out about here and we had to lasso them and bring them back in. My son sitting upon the front row talking about his lady friend that they've been together now for three years when the doctors handed him to your mother and I, son, and said, you'd never have a relationship. That devil was a liar. Where? Where is the little boy at play? I was talking to him yesterday about the time he stole his sister's favorite doll and hid her in a hunting cabinet, cabin, tied up with rope, and then left her a ransom note on the front porch, rang the doorbell, and ran away. Oh, the wailing. You would have thought Ashton got touched by the Holy Ghost like she did Friday night. Ah! I just wanted to see if I could do that. I don't remember them growing older. When did they? When did she get to be such a beauty? When did he grow taller than his dad? Wasn't it yesterday when they were small? Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset, swiftly flow the days, seedlings turn overnight to sunflowers, blossoming even as we gaze. Sunrise, sunset, swiftly fly the years, one season following another, laden with happiness and tears. 
Well, in eternity, my dear friend, there is no sunrise and there is no sunset. If you'd like a text from my discourse with you today, you'll find it in the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew in verse 32. Before Jesus will be gathered all nations and he will separate, shall separate. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. Next. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats he will set upon his left hand. Then shall our king say to those on his right hand, now pay very, very, very close attention to what he says. Come, you blessed of God, inherit the kingdom which was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Uh, but to those on his left, Hear these desperate, hear these diabolically frightening words. Then he will say to them on his left hand, depart from me. Are you listening? No, no, no. He's talking to you. Depart from me you cursed depart into everlasting fire you lying preacher get a bible and read it everybody writing a book to get their name out there some way my name's already out there and i'm here to tell you the book says and the book is right and they are wrong everlasting fire wave upon wave lapping laughing horrid literal flame you say well how would anyone survive that if hell is for eternity oh the bible answers your question dear friend your bible says god will give you a body that is able to endure the pain and never die. Prepared, get this, for the devil and his angels. Throw both hands up and shout, thank God hell was not made for me. Slip down a few verses and here it is, Matthew 25, 46. And those will go away, both groups, into everlasting punishment. But to those on his right hand, the righteous, into eternal life. Now, I need you to know I have no extra biblical source. I have only a Bible. That's all I have. I don't have the writings of Joseph Smith. I don't have the writings from the Watchtower Organization Incorporated. I have only a Bible, and what I share with you is not my philosophy. What I share with you is not my idea. It is not a Harlequin novel. It is not fiction. It is the Bible. It continues to be the bestseller of all time for one reason and one reason only. It has been 100% historically accurate since its writing and remains the bestseller of all time because it is accurate, preacher, in its predictions. Mm. God could not be more clear every single solitary human being to ever break the womb of a woman will at some point make a journey to the very throne room of the pavilions of God's heaven and stand before the Lord God Almighty alone.
Look at your girlfriend. Look at your spouse. Look at your friend. They won't be there with you. Mom and dad won't be there. Auntie and uncle will not be there. It will be you and you alone to give an account of every action taken in your flesh while on this planet. Would it be an embarrassing thing for me to show on a screen up here just what's run through your mind in the last 48 hours? Thank God most of you have cast them down in the name of Jesus and moved on. Some have acted upon them. Always remember, if you did not do it by your own will, it was not sin. There is no sin that you are not personally and eternally responsible for, but for the blood of Jesus. And then he says to those people, there are but two categories of people. Now, modern philosophy, modern preachers will tell you that there are many ways, there are many options, there are many ways to God and many truths. There's your truth and my truth and his truth and whoever's truth seems to fit the lifestyle you've chosen to live. It's awfully quiet in this hallelujah church. The living God makes it explicitly clear that every beating heart today will stand before him and there are only two options. But two, you will give an account of this. Have you said yes and accepted or no and rejected the supreme sacrifice of God's only begotten Son on that bloody cross? There at the cross of Calvary where the furious love of God encounters our broken and shattered hearts. It is there at the intersection of those two rough-tuned wooden beams where you and I are faced Hmm. with a strategic inflection point, with a choice. It is there, there, that you and I view in horrified wonder the raw ferocity of the love of God, not only outpoured but extended. It is there where the ultimate triumph of God and the ultimate defeat of Satan himself was forever sealed. It was there with blood running freely down that naked side where Jesus of Nazareth looks down from that angry, mean, biting beam and says to you today, I'm doing this for you. Take your finger and say, his blood is on my hands. It was your sin, yours and mine, that required the ringing of the hammer, metal on metal, sparks flying, driving those four-inch spikes through his wrists and sinking them deep in the olive wood tree. You did that. He was spotless and pure. The people of Ukraine did nothing for the Russian monarch terrain held down upon them. And he, the Prince of Glory, did nothing to deserve the spittle wiped from his beard. The cat of nine tails laid wide across his back until his flesh hang round his legs like ribbons. That was you and me. We did that. To hell with your modern preaching. To hell with your modern Christianity. 
Without the blood of that cross, there is no remission of your sins. And were he not spotless and pure and holy and unblemished, his blood would have been useless. But thanks be to God, the cleansing stream, I see, I see, I plunge. Oh, it cleanses me. God is no vindictive devil attempting to overlord, bent on requiring and face forcing you to do anything. I need to come down here close for this. God said, you choose, young lady. Make a choice. Not one time at an altar. Every day of your life. Every moment of every day. In the face of every temptation, every devil, every scheme of the wicked one. Choose. God sends no one to hell. Well, I could never serve a God. Who would send people to a place like that? You pathetically, uninformed, scripturally illiterate bumblehead. God sends no one to hell. You choose by accepting or rejecting don't lay your sin to the account of Calvary's crucified lamb. He died to set you free. But if you refuse the key to unlock your chains, he would have to say to you, go on then, depart from me. I never knew you. Some folks say, I know the Lord. Yeah, but does he know you? Oh, Jesus. There are only two options. Say two. Two options. He says, I will bring every single person in front of me. Do you understand? That's you. And I will say to those who have accepted the price of Calvary's cross as full propitiation. Big word, it means payment for the penalty of your sin, which until you acknowledge it's your sin, his blood is of no effect. That's the reason he says, open, we're big on confession. What about confessing your sin? Not to a man. What are you talking about? Is this Roman Catholicism? We have to go through you to get forgiveness? We have to get some checkoffs from you? Who is he that condemneth? I'm talking Bible. It is Christ that justifies. You don't have the gauge, sir. You don't have the measuring rod, ma'am. To those on his right, enter in, my good and faithful servant. To those on his left, enter in to the punishment in that place. Now those who have accepted, let me speak in brevity to you as time would fail me. Where are those on his right going? Where, where are they going to spend eternity? Only two options. Well, according to that book, they're going to a place called heaven, not Valhalla. Heaven. 
And don't y'all look at me funny. My son endured three hours with his lovely lady friend of the Batman this week in a movie theater. And he told me everybody got mad when it was over. But we only have 40 minutes for Jesus. A place called heaven, a place where you and I leap like a heart over the everlasting hills of God's glory to suffer no more, to sigh no more, to cry no more, to die no more. A place where there's no sunrise, there's no sunset. For the Lamb of God Himself is the light of that city. It is a place where the incandescent holiness of God shines so brilliantly that it were it not that we were given a new set of eyes, it would blind us in the glory. There. There, the happy, splashing, running river of life. There, 12 manner of trees and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. You talk about a multivitamin. Honey, no more protein shakes. Just the leaves from the trees. I'm going to be there. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be there. Not for a moment, not for a day, not for a weekend trip, not for a vacation, not for a decade, not for a millennium, but while the endless ages of eternity roll over again out of the sapphire sill of heaven's gate. I hope, I pray that you'll make the choice today to join me on Hallelujah Boulevard, on streets made of gold. Now let me address those on his left hand. A lot of them here today. I'm convinced that heaven will be like a funeral. You're always, you're always surprised who's there and who didn't show. I think heaven will be a lot like that. I think people that you expected to get a double-sized crown, you know, like Miss Joni, she said her crown, her mansion's gonna be next door to Job, and she said her crown will have to have extensions on it to help carry the weight of it for putting up with me for 47 years. Where are we going? Well, for those of you that may be listening who attend one of those user-friendly meeting houses, I refrain from calling them churches. I don't know what your pastor doing his best to appeal to an image-conscious generation said. I don't know what they say. Calvary's just too ugly for them. They can't abide it. It's simply too terrifying with its implications and acknowledgement of my sin and yours. It's just too severe with its cosmic demands of justice. Many shrink away. They cannot ponder it's suffering and shame for very long. So they choose to look away. He says to those on his left hand, depart from me. You have rejected the Christ of Calvary. Depart from me. I never knew you. Well, where are they going? Now here's the one you'll want to record. Turn your phone on record to make sure you get it. Because there aren't a handful of churches left in America that are brave enough and bold enough to tell you the truth. Thank you for your spattering. Where are they? Those on his left hand 
Oh, they, they are marching in lockstep in the procession of the doomed and the damned. Where are they going? The only descriptive way or measure that we have regarding the place of eternal incarceration of the helpless and hopeless, doomed and damned souls of lost humanity is from that Bible. It refers to those who said no when they could have said yes. Who those who said, well, I've got another day. I'm young. It's not time to think about that just yet. Except God thunders his voice out of the deep corridors of glory and he says to you today, backslider, today, cold in heart, Christian, Today, sinner, let me remind you, modern preachers, Jesus ate with sinners. He did not sin with them. Everybody shout this, today is the day of salvation. God pleads with men and women today, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. For if you harden your heart, you will be cut off without a remedy. Do you know that there are men and women walking the crusty surface of this planet, attending church services week after week, lifting their hands, dancing their dance, singing their song with no hope of ever going to heaven. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. Your Bible says they believe a lie and are damned. I have those in my own extended family. Look me in the eye out of a homosexual bed and relationship and tell me I'm as sure for heaven as you are. Well, there's only one problem. You might have a preacher's book on it, but you don't have this book on it. This book still says stuff like, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It still says things like, sin, when it is finished, is like a mouth full of gravel. You just don't have a preacher that'll tell you. Hell's a place where your nerves become highways for the hot feet of pain to travel, where your heart would burst from fear. Hell is a place where your nerves become strings upon which Satan himself will play the diabolical tune of hell's eternal unalterable lament. I'm talking about you, grandmother. I'm talking about you, auntie. I'm talking about you, businessman. Your money will not save you. There will come a time when the best doctor will not save you. There will come a time when the most skilled surgeon will walk away. Hell is a place where men Did you ever bite your tongue? Raise your hand if you ever bit your tongue. That has to be one of the greatest opportunities for spirit-filled Christians to cuss I've ever seen. I mean, chomp down on the thing. People think you got the Holy Ghost bucks. 
what happened? I bit my tongue. I bit my tongue. It's food to kill you. I bit my tongue. I bit my tongue. Did you bite your tongue? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That this book says, this book says, like it's in here, that men will chew their tongues to try to distract them from the torment of the pain they're experiencing. Cutters cut themselves because they want to control their pain. It's a sign of men and women in hell gnawing their tongues to distract them from the pain. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it doesn't matter. You may not believe I'm a good preacher, but I don't change anything. Just, just kidding. It doesn't matter what you believe. It matters who you are right now. Because before I get the next third word out of my mouth, we may be gone. Do you know how long it would take for this earth to explode and burn up in a fervent heat? With Afghanistan falling and Iran in control, with the Russian bear alive and roaring through nations right now unabated with China and its teeming billions armed and ready to march Gog and Magog and then the rapture. Here's how long it would take. Less than five seconds for two buttons to be pushed and it's over. Why will, not, why will NATO do nothing? They're afraid of that button. Why are we doing nothing? Because they've got a button and we've got one. And one false move from a crazed demoniac ruling Russia. And it's over. And right now, he's backed in a corner. He sees no escape. What will tomorrow hold? No wonder Job said, when I consider the Lord, if you would stop clicking on this for a minute, if you turn Netflix off for one night, You would be as Job when I think about God. I mean, really think? I fear Him. I'll remind you, your Bible says, God is angry with the wicked every day. Well, I'm not wicked. I'm a good person. No, you're not. You're a fraud. You're just trying to do better. And oh, how sad that is. Because God doesn't want you to do better. God wants to make you a new creature. A new creature from the top of your head to the toes of your tennis shoes. God wants to make you a new man, a new woman, a new husband, a new wife, a new son, a new daughter. And he not only can, he will do it. Somebody shout hallelujah. I need to remind you it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. But I also want to remind you that there's good gospel news because he's not angry with you right now. He's hopeful today because there are those that end up at that cross. And rather than abhor it and rather than be ashamed of it, they take all their burdens to the foot of that cross where the furious love of God is on open display and they lay their lives down 
and they shout, I will look and I will live. Construction began and I'm closing. Construction began in 1912. It was completed, well, it began in 1901, I think. Anyway, when the construction was over, she measured greater than three football fields in length. You could sit three football fields inside her massive hull. She weighed 80 million pounds. She was the largest moving object ever created by human ingenuity. You recognize her. You watched the movie. It's Her Majesty's Titanic. On 10 April 1912, at exactly noon, she departed the port from Southampton, England. The captain, Captain Smith, was making his final voyage before his retirement. Four days later, on April 14th, the crew received a warning. In fact, the warning was sent six times. Six times that warning was ignored. They refused to listen six times. I've walk to this pulpit six times I've extended an invitation six times many have felt the tug of the Holy Spirit on their heartstrings six times the cross was preached six times you faced a choice between heaven and hell six times they were warned of a massive iceberg six times everyone turned a deaf ear. They were too busy, you see. Oh. They were busy. Show me that great ship again. Show, look at them. Look at them. These are actual photographs from inside Titanic. They were busy. Too busy to hear a warning. They were in a hurry. There was drinking to be done. Money to be won at the gambling tables. A lady of the evening waiting just down the hallway to destroy your family. They were enjoying the beautiful starlit sky and the crystal clear surface of the ocean. They were simply too busy to listen. So at 1140, they struck an iceberg 78 miles long. You know, there's, regardless of how big you feel, there's something to face you in this life a whole lot bigger than you. And you strut around with your three football fields and you ignore the warning. Judgment is coming. Mercy is preaching, but judgment's waiting just outside the door. So Titanic streamed along in her prowess and power. What do I need with God? I guess something to make you relax. What do I need with God? 
I guess something to calm you down. What do I need with God? Apparently several women at one time. How's that working for you? People are losing their minds because Netflix can't turn out series fast enough. Seriously. Three hours in a movie theater? I don't like to do anything I enjoy for three hours. Always something bigger than you. Well, I've never encountered it. You will. Just live a little longer. You know the story. That 78-mile-long iceberg dug into the side of Titanic and ripped her open like a hot knife through butter. Don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Saul, the greatest find in Israel, find, found himself a crazy man because he wouldn't listen. That ship listed to one side at 2.20 in the morning of April 15th. She vanished into the black depths of the sea. My Bible shouts up in the spirit of this old-fashioned, out-of-touch gospel preacher. If you see the wicked man and you do not warn them of their wicked ways, when you, Rod Parsley, stand before me, I will require their blood at your hands. Did you hear me, preacher? Ain't nobody impressed with your silvery-tongued eloquence? No one is impressed with your light show. No one is impressed with your three points and a carefully crafted story. Where's the gospel? I mean the raw, ferocious, ugly, difficult to look at gospel of Jesus. Where is it? Where have all the preachers gone? Where are the psalmists that sing and have to stop midway through their song because of the burden of lost souls that stand before them? Where are the intercessory mothers waving hankies saying, God, give us souls lest we die? Where the average preacher in America prays eight minutes a day and it's not for anybody else either. How saved are you? Examine your prayer life. How much of it talks about you? How much of it talks about someone else? Like your lost and dying children who aren't here with you today. I'd like to have seen the day I'd tried to stay home from church on Sunday morning. I'd love to have seen that day. Get your to church. Get up. Get up, I said. Now get in there and sit down. And I'm going to sit behind you. And if you look crooked, you're going to feel this coming up behind you. And I'm going to let you know you better pay attention, boy. Because there's nothing more important than church. And there is nothing more holy than God. And there is nothing you need more than the house of God. 
lazy parents. Lazy. You tell me all the time, well, you see, I didn't want them to go, but you know how they are. For everything but church. They end up in hell. That's on you. You say you're trying to condemn me. You don't know the difference between condemnation and conviction. Very soon the eastern sky is going to split open. Very soon he's going to slide that long lean Galilean leg over a steaming white stallion and the crack of his long whip's going to billow out like the crash of a thousand cannons. And if you're blood-bought and if your relationship with Christ is up to date, you're coming out of here. But if not, you've got seven years without the Holy Spirit, without the church, in the greatest tribulation the world has ever known to make it right with God. And if you won't do it this morning with a preacher and a choir and a church and the Holy Spirit, what makes you think you'll do it then? Her Majesty's Titanic was gone. They didn't have those great big electric boards at that time. So they got the biggest chalkboard they could find and they put it in downtown London and they put a line down the middle with only two words on it. On this side, the word saved. On this side, the word lost. There were 2,228 souls that boarded Titanic. On the saved side, 705. On the lost side, 1,523 souls. They didn't have a third line. And neither do you. There are only two opportunities. Saved. Lost. One of those who was lost was one of the greatest preachers to ever mount a pulpit. His name was Dr. John Harper. Because we don't study history, we know very little about greatness. We know about modern entertainers, but we don't know about the greatest men of God that ever preached, or women. John Harper was the pastor of Dwight L. Moody's church. The great Moody church in Chicago, Illinois. His congregation got together and they gave him a gift, a voyage on the maiden trip of Titanic. When that giant vessel tilted over to one side, John Harper went to the highest point he could find of that sinking ship. You want a position, preacher? Assume this one. You want influence? Use it for this. You want a million Instagram followers? Climb up on the top of the sinking ship of this old world and do what John Harper did. John Harper began to preach and load people onto lifeboats. They pleaded with him, Dr. Harper, 
you preach to 20,000 people on Sunday mornings. So many people are depending on you, Dr. Harper. We need you. We need your voice. Please get in the last lifeboat. He shook his head no. A week or so later, the Moody Bible Church was packed out. Five times more people standing outside than could get in to honor such a great self-sacrificing man of God. That Moody Bible Church overflowing. The greatest preachers of the world were invited to give portions of that great man's eulogy. And suddenly, a 21-year-old young man, 21 years old, he was a Scotsman. He was from Scotland. There, in the middle of that auspicious high church eulogy a 21 year old young man from Scotland stood up and said ladies and gentlemen if I might have a moment of your attention well it's a wonder 42 ushers didn't tackle him Three security guards bury him underneath their bodies. The entire place fell into silence. And that young man related the story. I saw John Harper. I saw him as I was floating on a piece of wreckage underneath that starry heaven with our breath crystallizing from the ice surrounding us in that frigid water. He came over to me and he laid hold on me with an icy, strong grasp as if he were there to save my life. He looked me deep in the eyes like I wish I could look at you right now. He said, son, I'm a gospel preacher. Today is the day of your salvation. Would you please pray with me? And that young Scotsman at 20 years of age, held on to by one of the world's great preachers, said he prayed the sinner's prayer with me. And then he loosed his grasp on me. And he simply slid off that wreckage and into the black depths of the sea. I, ladies and gentlemen, said he, am John Harper's last convert. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm on top of the Titanic today. I'm on top of the Titanic today, way up there. And I'm crying out, get in the lifeboat. But some have refused. And so now I come floating to you on the wreckage of life and I plead with you let me pray that prayer with you today. 
Give me just a moment. Today is the day of your salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. But thank God you have today. You have today. That Bible says, what shall it profit you if you gain this entire world and lose your eternal soul? This is it. I ask the living Christ every time I come to a pulpit, let me preach like a dying man to dying people. Let me understand the gravity of the moment. Let me not entertain, but expel the forces of darkness, dragging them into the depths of hell, that I might win one. This might be the last message I ever preach. you might have the opportunity to be my last convert. And you and I will sing together on the streets of glory. And you will say, thank you, Pastor, for that Sunday morning in March when you made us take just a moment away from everything else to hear the gospel. And I heard it, Pastor. And I'm here. Because when you said three, I raised my hand bravely and boldly. And today, I'm in heaven. Is that you? Everyone standing, no one moving around. The next 15 seconds will seal your eternal destiny. And believe you me, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to at least 75 people who come to church but you've got something in your heart. You got bitterness, you got hatred, you got sin, you got fear, and it's blocking you from the pure knowledge that you're on your way to heaven. You need to get it right today. I'm telling you today, I'm telling you, God told me, preach this today. The lifeline's going out. Today you can choose Today, your chains are broken. In this moment, you can do what you'll be glad you did when you stand before God. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm counting to three. Somebody realizes this is it. This is my moment. This is my time. This is my day. This is my hour. I don't have tomorrow. Do what some are already doing. Lift out a hand. We're going to pray. When we pray, you're going to know you're on your way to heaven and whatever hell brings this life will not matter to you because you know you have eternity with God and you'll never know what hell looks like. So we're just going to pray like we talk to God because he likes the way you talk. Amen. So repeat after me and mean it. How old's the little boy, young man? He's nine. When's his birthday? May 22nd. May 22nd. So he'll be 10 pretty soon. Yes. Well, I was his age, a little bit younger. I was eight when I gave my heart to Jesus. And I never looked back. Neither will he. Neither will you, beautiful. I want us to pray. You ready? Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I don't know a lot, but I know I'm a sinner. And I come today to ask for your forgiveness. I ask for you to cleanse me by the blood of the cross. I ask you to come and live in my heart. I give my life to you, Jesus. Satan, I renounce you. You are not my God. I will not serve you. Go from me. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you 
I believe in you and I confess you as my personal Savior. I will live for you as you teach me how. I'm going to come back to church. They're going to give me a Bible. I'm going to read 1 John. Someone will show me where it is. Then I'm going to read it. Thank you, Jesus, for your cross and your love, your mercy, and for forgiving me and giving me eternal life. Feels so good to be forgiven. I could almost shout and clap. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.